Let's be honest. Life's hard sometimes. We get discouraged, struggle in our faith, and it's easy to feel alone. Despite how you might feel sometimes, know that God's got your back. And so do we. Vision's prayer line team are ready to pray for whatever you're going through. Text your prayer request to 0401 132 888 and we will be praying for you. Or click prayerline at vision.org.au. That's 0401 132 888 or vision.org.au. It's another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. Sunday night, I went to church and there was a young man there. And Michael, my oldest, said to him, look, we're going, you know, take some Bibles into China. Do you want to go? He said, by goodness. He said, yes, I'll go. And he said, but I haven't got the money. I have to contact my father who's in New Guinea. And he said, if he gives him money, I'll go. So he rang at 12 o'clock that night and says, I've got the money. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Diana Abruzzi is the founder and chairman of the International Women's Federation of Commerce and Industry. In the course of pioneering this federation, she had to overcome a degree of opposition. But overcoming opposition is something Diana has been doing her whole life. In her younger years, she was handed the book Brother David, God's Smuggler to China, which told how the Chinese government was being oppressive to Christians. Diana was led by the Lord to oppose their efforts with miraculous results. We'll hear about that and more as Diana shares her remarkable story with us today. She's chatting with Eric Scatterbo. Diana Abruzzi, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Eric, and thank you so much for having me on your program. Glad to have you with us. And where are you joining us from today? I am joining you from my office, which I am <laughs> meant to be actually madly working, but I was so lovely just to take time off to talk to you, Eric. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time. And that's in the Macedon Range area. Is that right? Oh, yes. Um, yes, I have a very big home office here, which is very convenient, especially through the COVID. It really worked for me, I can tell you. Yeah, oh, and, and just love that area. Beautiful part of Victoria, up in the, the mountain ranges up there. Yes, it is absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, well, where did it all start from you? Where were you born and raised? Well, I was actually born in North Bourne. Oh, Yes, North Bourne, Melbourne. And at that time when my parents built their home there, it was just paddocks. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing. And there used to be an old, where shopping town is now, it um, actually used to be the dairy. Mm-hmm. And um, they used to bring the horse and cart used to come down the street. Even the bread was delivered down the street. Oh, wow. So I'm sure that's aging me a little bit, isn't it? (laughs) Horse and cart? Maybe just a little bit. (laughs) And you were raised in a Christian family? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. My, 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 especially my mother. Um, she, every Sunday, and I still got those books, uh, books for children on the Bible. Mm-hmm. And just stories on, and she every Sunday she would at night time she would read these Bible books to us, and uh, it left an impression on a young mind. Mm-hmm. Um, even you know two and three and four and five, um, it does have an impression on you. And how did you become a Christian? 
Um, well, my parents actually founded uh, the Northbourne Baptist Church. They were one of the founders of it. And of course, I went to Sunday school there and um, joined the church and all its activities. But then we moved to Tulin Vale to a Merino stud. My, my father said he would like to have. Um, so we moved on to about 200 acres with Merino sheep. And from there, I was sent to boarding school. But on the holidays, I came back, always on the holidays, but it was in actually a place just out of Melbourne um, where we started to go to a little church. And it wasn't too far from us. And it was there that I started to really feel the call of God on my life. And it was there that I decided that I would give my life to Christ. And I was 15 then. And I know many people have their own experiences, but I had a really extraordinary experience at the time of being baptized. Yes, please share with us about that. There was, uh, it was a little church, not too many people, and I can't say we were great singers, but as I went under the water, I saw the light and I heard the angels singing. And it was just, the sound was certainly not of the congregation. It was just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And when I came up and dried, of course, and I tried to tell people what I'd seen, but it was like too much for them sometimes to listen to the miraculous of what God can do. Mm. And I, I went away knowing that God had a purpose for my life at 15. What it was going to be at that time, I did not have a clue. Okay, and you grew in the Lord, and then eventually, let's kind of fast forward to the time in your life when you were handed that book by Brother David, God Smuggler to China. Can yes. you kind of fill us in what happened up to that point? Yes. Um, I was in church in Doncaster um, because we had now moved back into the city. I'd married, and, and I had my three boys, and we were all in this uh, church, and a lady came and sat next to me. I'd never seen her before in my life, and she said, I think you should read this book. And mm -hmm. I looked at it, and I said, oh, that sounds interesting. But then I proceeded on with the service. I turned to speak with her, and she was not there. And I don't wow. know whether she'd moved seats or where, but I couldn't see her. So I went home that night and I read it through. I could not put it down. I just felt God was talking to me, but I didn't know what to do about it. I said, well, what do you do about this? Mm -hmm. So I went to work the next day and the uh, librarian said to me, look, uh, Qantas have got their first flight into China. And I went, wow. So this China. is 1984 thereabouts? This is around about that. And so I got on the phone. I, I don't know. I just got on the phone and I, onto Qantas, mm -hmm. I hung on for a whole half hour or 20 minutes. And in the back of my mind was this urging, go to Doncaster travel agent, go to the Doncaster travel agent. And I thought, oh, what's that all about? Anyway, I kept hanging on mm -hmm. and it kept coming at me all the time. And so when they finally got on or I finally got on to them, they said, you haven't got a hope. It's all booked out and there's waiting list. And, and they said, we'll put you on the waiting list. I said, good, good. Okay. 
So I said, okay, I've had this urge to go to Doncaster. All right, okay, Lord, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> so so I went to the Doncaster shopping town and I went straight into uh, the travel agent and there was a lady walking out and I walked in and I said, look, I need, I'm just wondering if you've got any spare seats, you know, on that flight on Qantas. And she said, well, that's strange because that woman just walked out and just cancelled four seats. Oh. And I went, wow. Now, she said, there's four seats. Now, she said, this is Friday. By Monday, you must pay for them. All four? All four. Wow. Now, mind you, I didn't have the money at that time. Now, this is... Talk about a faith of walk, you know, a walk of faith, I should say. Yeah. Uh, but I, I had the urge to proceed. Mm -hmm. So I spoke to my son that night, uh, my eldest son. He was about all about 19 at the time. Mm -hmm. He said, Mom, I'll go with you. I said, okay, all right, good. Uh, have you got the money? <laughs> he said, yes, Mom, actually I do. I've got the money. So that's one. <laughs> that was one. Or two, counting yourself. Oh, well, yeah, that's right. And then the next day, I just happened to be talking to my niece. And she said, I'll go. Oh. And, she, okay, that's three. Yeah. Now, where was the fourth going to come from? So on <laughs> the Sunday night, I went to church, and there was another young man there. And my, Michael, my oldest, said to him, look, we're going, you know, take some Bibles into China. Do you want to go? He said, by goodness, he said, yes, I'll go. And he said, but I haven't got the money. I have to contact my father who's in New Guinea. Huh. And he said, if he gives me money, I'll go. So he rang at 12 o'clock that night and says, I've got the money. So there I've got the three. Yeah. And they've got their money. I'm the fourth and I don't have the money. Oh, oh, so, so close, but yet so far. So Sunday night, I said, well, Lord, it's in your hands. Nothing I can do about it. I said, it's in your hands. So I woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning and <laughs> said a, a few prayers to the Lord. My mother rang and she said, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean? She said, God's been at me all night. <laughs> she said, do you need some money for something? I said, and I told her. She said, how much do you need? And she gave me the exact amount. Oh, my goodness. And she said how much God had told her to give me. So there we were, the four of us. Wow. Now what do we do? <laughs> so so now just wait a second. The idea was to go to China. Yes. But you also said, oh, and by the way, we're going to try to smuggle some Bibles in. Yes. Well, that was my whole intention. Yeah. But absolutely. you didn't have an organization or experience or just an idea. Let me just do like I see in the book or I, I read in the book. Yeah, well, I'm leaving this up to God. Oh, he's, wow. he's oh, let's, let's find out what happened. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I said, now, what do we do? And mm -hmm. someone happened to talk to me about um, Open Doors, mm -hmm. which was part of the book in Open Doors. Mm -hmm. So I researched Open Doors, and I found they had an office in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And so I, I contacted Hong Kong, and I said, well, there's four of us wanting to go in but we don't have any Bibles. And they said, well, actually, we'll send them to you from the Sydney office.
You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scatterbo is chatting with Diana Abruzzi, who is the founder and chairman of the International Women's Federation of Commerce and Industry. Diana is sharing her life journey and how the Lord led her to smuggle Bibles into China back in the 1980s. We'll hear more of this story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Our guest today is Diana Abruzzi, who's sharing her life journey and how the Lord led her to smuggle Bibles into China back in the 1980s. As we heard before the break, Diana managed to obtain four tickets to China for herself and three others. Also, we heard how the Open Doors Ministry supplied Bibles for them. Now, we'll hear more of this story as Diana continues her chat with Eric Scatterbo. And they sent us, now how many was it? It was about 200 of them. Oh, wow. And we then had coats, boots and everything where we took X amount each of us, which we were able to camouflage within our clothing. Really? Yeah, we'd worked it all out. So there we were. You must have looked pretty big. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did. But you must remember they were very thin. Oh, the okay. paper was tissue thin. Okay. So these smaller Bibles. Very, very thin, paper thin. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we packed them all up into our clothing, got on the plane, and we arrived in Beijing. And the airport was like a tin shed. It was very dark uh-huh. and it was very strange feeling. And we all sort of looked at each other and we thought, oh, well, all right, Lord, we're in your hands now. And so they didn't even go through our cases at that time. Mm. They looked at their passports and they said, okay, fine, go type of thing. Now, you must remember later on it got stricter and stricter and stricter as to how we could get in. So you were on the first flight to China? On the first flight to China, the first flight to China. Okay, so maybe they hadn't kind of worked out that we should be yeah. looking for stuff at that point. At that point, you're yeah. quite right. They're quite right. right. They, they weren't ready for us. <laughs> well, that was great that you were on the first flight then. <laughs> yes, we are on the first flight mm. into China. Um, so we'd already booked um, a hotel. So we got to the hotel and we said, now, what do we do now? You know, because we didn't have any contacts. Yeah, yeah you got the Bibles any, right? in the country. But you yeah. got to give them to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about really going in blind in yeah. absolute faith in God. Mm-hmm. And this showed just what God can do when you just give over mm-hmm. because you're in circumstances so many times that you have no control over. And this is a time where God steps in and shows you the mighty miracles of God. Mm. and how he can deliver you. And I went in, we said, we said we're, okay, we said, we'll be a tourist. We'll okay. take out 
Bibles with us and we'll just be a tourist. So we went all over the place as a tourist, nothing happening, nothing happening, nothing happening, day after day, day after day. Uh, one of the days uh, early in the piece, my niece spoke to the, uh, the lady who was cleaning our hotel room about God. Well, five minutes later, we walked up to the boys' room and as we were coming out of the boys' room to go off, we saw soldiers going into our room. Oh. Now, we, we put this as my niece talking to that housekeeper. She must have alerted them. Hmm. So they went into our room, and I talk about boldness. Um, oh, I had the fire of God, I tell you. We I walked into the room and said, what are you doing here? And they said, oh, we're, we're just looking to make sure everything's correct. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I assure you, everything is very correct. Oh, how bold. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and they were very, uh, but they were going through things. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you don't mind, I said, I prefer you didn't go through my things. And mm -hmm. anyway, they, uh, then they walked out very quietly um, because there was nothing there. They were all on us. Oh, Right. Well, so that was really smart to have them on you. Absolutely. But also very dangerous. Uh, at very the same dangerous. Time. <laughs> yeah. Had they taken us away, they would have found them all. But the point was um, they didn't. Mm -hmm. And they went out of the room, but we were followed then. Mm -hmm. We were followed. We had that sense of being followed. So day after day, we're still being a tourist. Mm, okay. Right? Now, the day before we were to leave, or two days before we were to leave, we went and we got into the room and we prayed and said, God, we have not come all this way for us to take these Bibles back. I know that's mm -hmm. not in your plan. Mm -hmm. And reflecting on things, I think because we were being followed and nothing happening, they probably didn't follow us anymore. And I'm oh, okay. thinking this was, this was God's timing now. So we said, right, let's go to church. It's Sunday. Let's go to church. They had three self-churches at that time, and where they were like Catholic churches, Protestant churches, beautiful churches. Beautiful so these churches. were the government-approved churches that were heavily they were monitored. Called, they were called three self-churches, mm -hmm. and every Christian in the church has to be registered with the government mm -hmm. at all times. And you could not take a taxi and then think you could get one later. You had to have a taxi from the hotel to where you were going. They'd wait for you and take you back. Mm -hmm. There was no taxi service at that time in, in Beijing or anywhere. And so the, obviously that was a spy. I'm, we're not sure, but we mm -hmm. think it was. So they tracked you as you went around. So as we went into the church, we noticed that the door there was guards they looked like guards to mm -hmm. us and we went down and sat in the church and they started to sing the songs the tunes we knew we knew mm -hmm. the songs and we were singing they were singing chinese we were singing english mm -hmm. we then got to the end of the service and said what do we do now a woman at the back of us tapped my niece on the shoulder and said i think you've got something for me and we said, um, we were careful. Mm -hmm. We said, what, what would you be looking for? And he said, well, we're looking for a word. 
Oh. We're looking for a word. And so we said, okay. And she said, God has sent me here. He told me to come to this church and with a big bag. Wow. And she was European, dressed as Chinese. She had been with the Christian ear, Asian grouping. What was that? Uh, it was a big missionary movement throughout China at that time. Her parents had been part of that. Mm -hmm. And she now lived in China. And she had been sent by God to get our Bibles. So what we did, that we sort of surrounded her a little bit. Now, had she been Chinese, the guards would have been upon her straight away. Mm -hmm. Because she was European, we were able to empty everything else slowly but surely, laughing and talking as we were doing it, mm. and put it into her bag. Oh, wow. And at that point, years later, we heard, got a letter to say where our Bibles had gone and what had happened to those oh, Bibles. Oh, really? So yes. you didn't know for a long time. We didn't know for a long time. But mm. at that same time in the church, uh, a woman came up with two young people. This woman said to me, we've just, these two young people have just given their lives to God and we haven't got anything to give them. And I said, yes, we do. Mm. And we happen to have two or three left over. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. See, you just, you just don't know what God does. Yeah. So we're able to give those to those two young people. But as we were talking, you said, quickly disperse, the guards are coming. And they were. They were almost rushing at us. Mm. So they dispersed, and we just went and quietly. And as we walked out of the church, we went, accomplished you should have seen us on the set whoa oh wow so what a feeling of relief <laughs> absolutely wow. absolutely but of course it spurred me on um to join a group then that went in there regularly oh to not just keep on doing it on your own but to actually be part of a organization yes. or something yeah well the the uh, my the young ones didn't do it again hmm. but i was urged to do it more i think my eldest son went on a second one with us mm -hmm. But then I went on for two years to do it. So isn't that interesting that they allowed the people in China to have churches that were heavily monitored, Yes, but yet not Bibles? I know, look, it, it was a very strange time. Yeah, um, this is the so 80s Mao, in China. Yeah, Mao, Mao had controlled the people to such a point where, and Christians were being persecuted in mm -hmm. a very big way, yeah. very big way, because in the journeys uh, in the next two years that I was uh, working there, um, we came across many, many Christians who had been persecuted in prison. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, God is moving in China. Now, do you have any other stories of smuggling Bibles into China? I could listen to these stories all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one on my second trip in, um, which was quite a miracle. Mm -hmm. um, as I've talked to you about taxis, and we had to do a drop. We um, It sounds strange doing a drop. It sounds so very melodramatic, doesn't it? Well, it almost sounds like a, a drug drop or something, but this, this is the word <laughs> <Yeah>. of life. <laughs> Uh, but we did. Um, we did. Uh, we had to do a drop, so we had to. Oh, take before a before you get to that, I was. I just remembered a question I have for you. Yeah. You said that you found out about where those Bibles you first smuggled in, where they went to. Yes. Any interesting yes. stories about where they went to? No, they didn't. Didn't they? Just said it went down to many villages. Oh, okay. Many villages across China, 
and um, they were a lot of them were sharing them and and passing them on and and it, those two hundred Bibles went a long way. Yeah, and they it saved many people's lives. And what was good about it was because sometimes the preachers at the time who loved God didn't have a Bible to refer to for the word of God. Mm. And there's sometimes the word as they understood it was probably not quite what God had been saying in the oh, Bible. Okay. So it could and have it been distorted by, a bit. Yes. Yeah, so by having the Bibles, they now saw the truth right. of the word of God. Mm -hmm. And that's what those Bibles did. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay. Now let's get back to your, your next <laughs> adventure in China with that, with yeah. a drop you said. Yeah, we had to do a drop, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we were on our way back. Uh, there was five of us on this mm -hmm. occasion. Mm -hmm. And we said, oh, my gosh, how do we get back? And uh, we were thinking, oh, huge highways, everything sort of uh, all before us. And so I said, come on, Lord, you've got the answer. Come on, how do we get back? And I just heard a voice say, cross the road. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, come on, everyone. We've got to cross the road. Oh, what, what do you do? What do what's, you know? They're all asking all these questions. I said, just trust me. Let's cross the road. So we crossed the road. <laughs> turn right. Okay. All right. I'll turn right. So I said, come on, let's turn right. And then just on our left, it was a little sort of like a little alleyway, and a taxi was coming around the corner. Mm -hmm. And it stopped almost two inches from us. Oh, wow. And a European got out. Hmm. And we got in the taxi. <laughs> wow. And so led you right to this taxi yeah. driver. Well, that was part one of Eric Scadabo's conversation with Diana Abruzzi, who's the founder and chairman of the International Women's Federation of Commerce and Industry. For more information about the Federation, their website is abbreviated to simply IWFCI.org. Once again, that's IWFCI.org. Next time, we'll hear more of Diana's life journey and more about her adventures smuggling Bibles into China and other countries in the 1980s. Also, we'll learn about how she started helping women start small businesses. That's all coming up next time. But before we end today, I just want to say how great it was to hear about her experiences smuggling Bibles into China. It surely took much faith and courage to be led by the Lord step by step, delivering those Bibles to the people God wanted to have them. And it says in the Bible, in the book of Psalms, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Well, thanks for joining us for part one of Diana Abruzzi's story. Until next time, when we'll hear part two, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I became very involved with Chambers of Commerce and I was on their state council and so forth. The only woman, mind you, at that time. And I said to them at one council meeting, and I said, now, come on. And I said, we've got to do something about women in business. They have more issues and more obstacles than what you gentlemen have. 
Diana Abruzzi joins us once again to share more of her adventures smuggling Bibles into China and other countries in the 1980s. Also, she tells how she came to be the founder and chairman of the International Women's Federation of Commerce and Industry. That's all coming up next time. The Story. Just another way vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.